0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fine episode of Elder Scrolls off the record. I am your host Varwin, and today is Turdas, the 7th of Sun's Dusk. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I am joined by the one and only Lewis, the lore master Olan.
1: Hello, Ivarwin. Thank you for the intro. Hello, chat room. What's going on?
0: And the man with the wild hair, David
2: Deanforce Adams. It's only wild because I just recently had to get blood out of it. That's creepy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Shank Tank. Hello, chat room. Uh, this Google Hangouts thing is getting kind of cool. Um, I like it. Kind of? Yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. This is this is gonna be fun. We got a bunch of stuff for you guys to talk about today. Oh, that's right, absolutely. And
0: uh, why don't we just jump right into it? Because we got a we got a big fat show to uh, to deliver to you guys today. Uh, first, we've got something quick we want to Everyone, mention. Yeah, go ahead, could Dave. I
2: could I interrupt you and oh, and bring up a point real quick? Uh-huh. Do you remember what happened two years ago, four days from now? Yeah, Skyrim released for the first time. Skyrim two years ago. Can you believe that? I was playing it this morning. I was like, "This game ain't two years old." <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the love's still there, Dave. Is that the what you're love is still
2: say? there? The I started a new there. character, so I was a little excited about it. I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know what? I I didn't I didn't even I didn't even remember
0: that until until you just brought it up. It's it's gonna be two years for for Skyrim right now. Two years.
1: Yep. Two years, walking to the GameStop, realizing, how big is a CE box again? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, we don't have a bag big enough for you. You got it
0: right over it's, there. It's... <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Gigantic. Uh, Shank, did you, did you buy, you bought it on the day it came out, right?
3: Uh, I did buy it on the day it came out. In fact, I got the collector's edition. You can actually see Alduin behind me, as well as yeah. the sleeve it came in. I thought it was so good that I put it up on my wall there. Look at that. Uh, Oh, yes, no, I
1: hadn't thought about it. that's actually a good, a
3: good idea. Yeah, it looks. I mean, I got the the collector's edition at midnight, and I played for ooh about eight hours, and I had work the next day, so that was that was interesting, but it was totally worth it. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What uh, did you did
0: you didn't get any sleep at all that night, did you? If you if you did that,
3: no. Um, I I thought I slept because you know if you click on if you click on a a bed in the game, like you wake up feeling <clears> rested. <throat> that necessarily didn't transfer to shank playing the game right but as long as as long as
0: uh do do 1.0 uh was was uh feeling feeling rested then then i guess
3: all was yep. good yeah all was good i mean i don't know i had conference calls that day i had no idea what was going on came home and i played Skyrim and i was all set so it was, it was pretty solid
0: uh, oddly enough i i think i know exactly how you feel i i think that may have been uh, my day today <laughs> as well Yeah, (laughs) considering I I think I have gotten about three hours of sleep today. (laughs) Uh, Dave, that was freaking brilliant, dude. I mean, well, you
2: know, I'm just remembering. Well, it it wasn't the when it came out, I didn't get it. It was about six months afterwards that I purchased the game, and then about two months after that, when I actually like was so engrossed in it, I couldn't put it down that I actually got the money to purchase the game. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Uh, so I think everyone had uh, legitimate, uh, le- legitimate memories of of this, except for Dave, who uh, remembers <laughs> uh, being, being a bum. I, I was a bum. <laughs> I flat, stole my friend's copy. Flat out bumming it out. <laughs> I did. I stole my friend's copy. <laughs> yeah, because you were cheap and you didn't like um you didn't like oblivion, so you're like, oh this game's gonna be just like oblivion. I don't like oblivion, so I'm not buying the game room and I'm gonna steal my friend's copy. And that doesn't sound like you, but whatever. Yeah, hell it does. Oh wait, yeah, no, it doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well we had that that to mention and we have something else quick to mention. Uh we would gra- uh, congratulations to the folks at Zoss and Bethesda for their award granted by GameRanks to ESO as one of the best games of 2014. (laughs) The award collects the most anticipated quality-driven games set to come out next year. We believe each one on that list, including ESO, is in fact deserving of this this award.
3: Yeah. I mean, I was just about to say, like, that is, if you look at the caliber of games coming out next year man it is stacked to say the least yeah so <laughs> i guess anticipation's high on, for this one man
0: lot lot uh a lot going on there with with uh with all that oh yeah i'm not too sure if i agree with how they worded this though they they said the best games of 2014 it's not even 2014 yet <laughs>
2: well, that's like uh call of duty every year has the game of the year edition
0: <laughs> yeah, because somebody out there somewhere on the <laughs> internet said
2: you game is the best in your year. <laughs> but just because it's the game you put out that year doesn't it's make it the game, game of, of, of the year.
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. Um, we we have we had to cancel last week, and uh, we are we are here today. Um, so let's uh, we got a big fat show, and and I just want to jump into it. And I think the first thing that, that we're gonna take care of uh today is going to be a peek at the werewolf. Uh now we'll get into that later. That's that's kind of boring because that's that's that was my analysis over it. So we'll do that later. Um the, the variety pack ten, I guess. Why don't we uh why don't we do this? So I guess what I'll do is uh we'll switch between hosts. There's uh and as long as you guys got the link up, I'll I'll read the question and uh I'll ask someone to just read the answer. That cool guys? Sure. Since, uh, for me? since things are a bit different this episode. All right. Uh, first one up is, uh, comes from Jane Fiora, who says, I watched the creation video and noticed that the Khajiit and the Argonians have special scales and fur options. Do other races have something just for them, too? Example, Breton hairstyles or Nord-only tattoos? Uh, Dave, please uh, jump on the first one.
2: Because the Khajiit and Argonians are physically unique, human hair just wouldn't work on the Argonians' head, for example, we had to create an entirely new set of hairstyles, body markings, and adornments for them. The other races do share some of the hairstyles and adornments, but each race will have its own subset of unique hairstyles, adornments, and body markings. Dark Elves, for instance, are the only race that has house sigil tattoos.
3: Huh, that's pretty cool, I guess. A little extra customization there. Just a quick note. Um, it says because the Khajiit and Argonians aren't, are physically unique, human hair wouldn't work on the Argonian head, for example. Yeah, that's because Argonians are less than human. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Mm. Shank with the, the long-winded jab there for Argonians. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, not even ten minutes in the episode, and already Argonian hate just comes out. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Just throwing it.
3: Send Argoni all hate mail to Arwen. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Send it to Shank the tank.
0: Uh, guys, if you got something to say about this, just, just throw it in there. Don't don't wait for me to call on you. Um, yeah, I don't
2: see why they put extra time into the Kajit and Argonians when no one's going to play them.
0: Oh! Wow! Oh, wow. S- wow. <laughs> <Yeah. Yay. laughs>
1: wow, second yeah. arrow just flew out. Kyle oh.
0: from ShoddyCast has said that he's he's definitely doing uh, a, a Khajiit. He's going to play a Khajiit. So that's, that's one guy. I'll have <laughs> just, one on there named Brago
2: for sure. I do like the extra work they put into the Dark Elf house sigils because that's yeah. what's up.
1: Yeah. I- I'm just glad they're actually taking the time. To actually give each race its own unique flavor. Like, they're they're supposed to, you know, why would a, you know, why would a wood elf wear, like, human style type hair, hairstyles, you know? You know, it's just not their, I guess, a culture.
2: Yeah, but conversely, every preteen, whatever, of every race, female, preteen, is gonna have a tramp stamp of a butterfly (laughs) on her shoulder. She's gonna have (laughs) a lock with a key. That's in the shape of a heart. And then she's going to have a flock of doves flying away from it, <laughs> which is okay because on her arm is going to have like something written in Japanese that she has absolutely no idea what it actually says.
3: No, it won't be Japanese. It'll be dragon script.
2: <laughs> See, it's like, it means, it means truth. No, it, it means fart. Good job. It means fart.
0: <laughs> you know, I actually got, I have a friend uh, who, who um, had tattooed on his, his, tricep uh the the chinese symbols for uh i think it was like broccoli and chicken or chicken and broccoli it was chicken and broccoli <laughs> so he, he literally walks into chinese food places and just shows him like his tattoo and they're like oh okay i get it i get it you know <laughs> <laughs> all right guys let's go to the next one uh next question is how I, on that tasteful note <laughs> How many hairstyles does the character creator have for each race? What hair and eye colors are currently available? And this comes from Jeff Glover. Lou, please read
1: the answer. Sure. Um, How far did you go? (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, it's the second one. Okay. Sorry, I'm skimming all over the place. And the answer is... Wait a minute. Okay. We'll get there,
0: Lou. We'll get there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> there are currently 24 hairstyle choices per gender in the character creation system. Some of these choices are shared between races, but each race has some unique hairstyle options. Hair color and eye color are also specific to each race and align with established lore. For example, what else have an option for black eyes that is not available to any other race?
0: Okay. You know what I, you know what I like about this is they, they specifically say there's 24 hairstyle choices per gender. Per gender in the character creation system. I mean, how, how awesome is it when you're, you're making your character, right. And, and you're like, ah, I'm not sure which one of these, you know, hairstyles I want to choose, but you're happy to know that, you know, there's so many out there to, to choose from. I mean, uh, Dave's giving me googly eyes over here. So let's go ahead and call on him. (laughs) What, what do you think, Dave? 24 hairstyles. Is that too much? Is that too little? You think it's about even?
2: Okay. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Is that, for people like us, you know, the the people who really love Elder Scrolls already, right. it's going to be great. But you're going to catch those people who just want to get in the damn game. And they're going to see all these different options and go, oh, screw it, randomize, go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, Andrew, Andrew Clayton from um, Tamriel Foundry had said the same thing on, on uh, ESO Alliance last month literally the same thing that you know he cares more about his name saving his name in game than he does actually about his appearance so he kind of just you know randomizes it and says okay as long as i'm you know atropos then then i'm good go ahead uh lou i feel like you got something to say
1: oh i was gonna say yeah i mean for for lots of players again it's gonna be a toss you know they want to keep their name or they want to just go over their appearance i personally i usually spend like Half an hour, 40 minutes on the character creation system, anyway, (laughs) just because you know, I like how by taking the time to project, you know, what I think my average art should look like, and the fact that they've gone again to so much trouble to give each gender for each race its own distinction like this just shows that you know they are taking care of, uh, I guess the little things that a lot of people take for granted, you know, like especially for that, you know little tattoos here and there i call like you know the dunmer they're gonna have the red eyes you know how how weird would it be if they didn't do that for the dunmer in eso it's like wait a minute dunmer's supposed to have red eyes why do they have normal like you know white iris you know yeah that's not supposed to be there
3: yeah exactly
0: all right weird what about what about you shank anything to weigh in on on this
3: uh, so, keeping in mind that uh, there are ten races in Tamriel, really nine playable races in this game—that's 150 hairstyles, if I did that right. 150 unique hairstyles.
2: There are uh, more than ten
3: races in Tamriel, son. Ten? I said playable, dude. Go away, Dave. Um, <laughs> so, I, that's—I mean, that's—I have to say that's pretty impressive. I—I I really like this because. Barwin, what have have I been saying ever since this game was announced and you guys tolerated me and gave me a mic? I said, got to be Elder Scrolls. Got to be Elder Scrolls, right? Right, right. Of course. And what is this saying? 150 hairstyles, unique hairstyles. That's choice. That is – this is – this to me, I love what I'm seeing because this is very – this is a very core well, Elder Scrolls. They
0: uh, they do say that some of these choices are shared between races.
2: So it's it's not you're not looking at
0: well, I mean of course it, it,
2: you're going to have some well, common
3: styles sure. that right. you need to have that or else it doesn't feel like the same fluid world. Absolutely. No, but but like I guess my greater point is that there's they're, they're putting their time into detail, like little little detail which I really appreciate that. As someone like Lou, I mean, I, I spent a long time in character creation. It's a very thorough, intimate process for me. And it's oh, sure. seeing something like this, being the Elder Scrolls purist, mm-hmm. I love seeing this. This, yeah. this this really does make me happy.
0: Yeah. Even um, they said, for example, uh, Wood Elves have option for uh, for black eyes. Yep. That's mm-hmm. not available to any other race. So that's that's definitely cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one comes from Therese Strom, who says, "As the constantly changing persona as I am, I tend to always want to change hairstyles on my characters in game after a little while to make it a, to make it match a certain armor or the likes." So, my question is, will it be possible to change your hairstyle or other appearances like tattoos in game after you have created your character?
3: Go ahead, Shank. Uh, The answer from Zoss, for the initial release of the game, you'll only be able to select hairstyle and adornment choices in the character creation screen at the beginning of the game. Mm. We hope to provide enough options to allow you to create a unique avatar. But we feel the same as you. Over time, players want to change their appearance as they develop their characters. So we do have plans to release additional hairstyles, tattoos, adornments, etc. in post-launch content updates. And... This is something I. It, I mean, this this kind of ties back to what we've been discussing. But this is very. I like this answer, because they're saying, look, we've we've given you a, an array of choices in the very beginning, but we we understand a large player, a portion of our player base, and like a chunk of our uh, player base do like tinkering with this stuff. And guess what? We will give you that option because we know you like that. Because I mean, what do they say? We feel the same as you. That's, that's pretty telling uh, to someone like me and remember like this, this happened with Skyrim. When you, lo- when you played Skyrim for the first time, you had your character creation you could do whatever you want um, and they found out that, hey, people kind of want to you know, change it later. So what did they do? I think it was in Dawnguard they introduced uh, the woman and the, uh, the ragged flagon who could change mm-hmm. your appearance. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's what happened. So I mean I, I like this. This is a good answer. Um I I actually
0: don't. I I don't prefer this. What? I yeah no, well here's here's the reason why. Okay, I would like for there to be a um already at game launch I would like for there to be, you know, the quote-unquote, you know, barber shop where I can choose my my appearance in game and then at launch whenever I want, you know, go into that barber shop and and sort of mess around a bit and maybe and maybe change it back. Um, I I sort of feel like at this point, uh, the barbershop idea has been in MMOs for for quite a while. Um, I would like to see a game launch with with that, but not that I think it's necessary to to the game to launch with that sort of thing. But I I think we're far along in the MMO development process. Um, that, that they should start, people who create MMOs should start thinking about putting this sort of thing in at launch, like an LFG system, because it, it is so widely used. Uh, Dave, tell me why I'm wrong or
2: why I'm right on that. You're wrong because if they're going to sacrifice anything for gameplay, then it needs to be visuals. Now, Shank, tell me why I'm wrong on that.
4: <laughs> because,
2: because graphics come first, Duh. That's you know the point is is that they they've been putting a lot of effort into the tiny things that make the game have the feel that they want that's going to keep the player there the small right. perks the the stuff that yes we know that MMOs do eventually get that's nice but it's it's not going to be you know a game stopper for I I could not give you One type of person that says, you know, amazing game, awesome story, amazing graphics, gameplay, beautiful. (laughs) Quit because I couldn't change my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Really?
0: Damn them for not having a barbershop at (laughs) launch.
2: Yeah, no, I don't see that stopping people from staying and subbing, especially with the promise that it is coming eventually.
3: Go ahead, Lil Wade. I disagree.
2: Janine is a weirdo.
0: Go ahead, Lou. What do you got for me on this?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> um, the fact that they're already giving players lots of options at the get-go, uh, when the game first releases all those hairstyles and dormants and, and so forth, and the fact that they're saying, yeah, they are going to have uh, this setup at some point, again, just shows that they are thinking ahead, that they are looking at the community, ML community, and the games that do have this feature saying, you know what, we know it's important. Other MMOs have brought it in, either they launched with it or they brought it in over time because you know what? As players evolve with their characters, you know, they change. You know, I mean, ha- why haven't we you know, have we all changed our character at one point in time and then what has this feature just because, sure. like, you know what? I feel I'm going to project this kind of image for my character.
0: Well, so what again,
1: I. I'm sorry. Oh, ahead. no,
0: go ahead, Lou. I, I, I was rude. Right, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, they know they're thinking ahead, they're thinking, you know what? Players' tastes do change over time. You know, they're going to want to look for the armor, want a new look for their avatar. So even though we gave them, you know, the the buffet, we'll give them another buffet table <laughs> later on. <laughs> you know, just because we know it's going to happen and we want to be prepared for it. So, I, you know, I applaud them for that.
0: In- interesting discussion considering the fact we're talking about a barbershop, huh? I love this. Um I feel, like, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say, and, and I don't remember it. So let's just, I guess, move on to the next one here. Uh, by Evan Stokes, who asks, You've stated that the different races have their own versions of armor and weapons. Let's say I was a Nord. Can I get the Khajiit or Elvin or any other versions of the steel armor and wear their version instead of the Nordic one? Oh, see, I love this answer. This is so freaking awesome. Go ahead, Dave, please.
2: Dave. Unmute, sorry. (laughs) Yes, any race can wear any armor, even the specific racial-styled armors. As a Nord, you aren't limited to wearing only Nord cultural armor. You can be a Nord who wears Khajiit-style armor or high Elven-style armor, too.
3: I have a question for you all. (laughs) Is this normal in MMOs? Or are you, like, more kind of into a certain racial armor or weapon F-
1: Fair style. enough.
0: Fair enough. Lou, you want to take that for him?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, yes. In older MMO Shank, especially when I first started playing, uh, I request one. Yes. There were armors that only certain races could wear. Meaning, yeah, you, if you were a human uh, warrior, but you really liked how the, uh, I guess, the, the wood elf fighter armor looked like, you couldn't wear it because it was restricted only to them. So you know that that was kind of a downer, and gotcha. um, you know same thing with the weapons. You know there are certain weapons only certain races or certain classes could use, and again that restricted to what you what. I guess any Elder Scrolls fan would appreciate with the openness that the games have had over the god fifteen past fifteen years. Um, so yeah, this is a great way of uh, saying you know what you're not restricted. Saying if you want if you want to wear Khajiit armor an itch, the fur, you know, (laughs) you're more than welcome to, you know. (laughs) Do you want to wear that ugly chiton armor?
0: You can (laughs) can go ahead and (laughs) and do exactly that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyone else on anything else regarding that, guys? No? All right. Uh, So the next question comes from Cassandra Kin's father, who says, Will there be banks? If not, what are the options for storage? Lou.
1: And Zoss Answers, yes, Virginia, I mean Cassandra, there are banks in the Elder Scrolls Online, and they are account-wide. All your characters will share the same bank. Thank you.
0: That's, that is, yeah, that's a bit different. Um, Most, your banks are are separate per character. Your character has its own storage, and then that's it. Some games have been introducing this idea of, of, you know, shared storage. But it's not, you know, at least I haven't seen it uh, prominent in, in many, many games. Um, so th- I like that. I like the fact that they're, they're going to have shared storage. It's it's uh, more important than you think.
2: It's rare in an MMO. Right. Really rare in an MMO. I cannot think of any top five MMO for the last, I don't know, decade that has done this while they were in top five.
0: That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Doesn't Lou doesn't um, doesn't Swotor do that?
1: Yes, SWOTOR does that. Um, EQ2 didn't do it till I guess the second expansion that uh, it came out. Yeah, a year year and a half after EQ2 first came out, that's when they introduced shared storage. Right on the council. Yeah, So David said true. it's true. It, no one has done that recently from the get go. Yeah, it's only recently now that MMO is starting to think. You know what? let's give the player the option to have their own character storage, but, you know, give them the, I guess, the convenience of sharing stuff between their characters.
2: You know, as someone who is a deep, deep love for uh, Diablo and the full Diablo franchise, especially yeah. Diablo 3, I have to, for my, my fellow Diablo players, admit that this, sir, is ballin'. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, and not a new idea by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. uh, this one comes from Dennis Mull, who asks, Your armor skills are supposed to increase by wearing that type of armor. Does the skill line level faster if you wear more armor pieces of the same type? Or can I mix the armor types and level all of them at the same rate? Will your, will your armor level faster when fighting higher level enemies? Go ahead, Shank.
3: The more of a specific armor type you wear, the faster that line will advance. Your armor will level faster if you fight higher level enemies because they are worth more experience. Okay. I think this is sort of standard. Yeah.
0: The more of the specific armor type you wear, the faster that line will advance. So. The more times you get beat in the face while wearing heavy armor, the more experience you'll gain in wearing hev- heavy armor because you're wearing more of that piece.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Makes sense to me, you know. In the second part here, your armor will level faster if you fight higher-level enemies because they're worth more experience. I mean, that's just straight across the board, you know. If you play MMOs or any RPGs, rather, with an experience system, um, you I think I think you would expect that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I know in other MMOs I played, um. With that kind of system in place, players have actually not cheated, but exploited the system to where they fought lower level enemies on purpose. Like they would, they would actually go into lower level zones. What? Yes, no. They just, just stand there. That has never get, happened. Final <laughs> Fantasy XI. That has get never beat happened. Up on purpose, knowing they couldn't die, but you know what? They could still level those skill because they were getting hit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember uh I remember standing in Final Fantasy 11 standing uh, or on my way off to the residential district to, to you know get that brand new piece of furniture that I I bought that was going to you know uh grow crystals uh, that I needed in my house. And as I'm on my way to the residential district, I see that one little Tarot tower tower white mage just constantly casting kiraga on himself to level it up. <laughs>
2: yep. Or uh leveling down with your friends and staying in the starting zone just to level all of your characters up. Yeah. Good Not times. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, next question
0: is uh and we've got this is one out of three more that we have left. So so hang on tight, fellas, if if uh if you're if you're losing us, stay 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 with us. We got three more. Uh, all weapons can be used to block. What is the the advantage of using a shield? Do I have to be in combat mode for Do I have to be in combat mode for my shield to be blocking?
4: Oh god.
0: Dave, this is this Oh one...
4: god, please don't make me answer this one.
2: Uh Dave. <laughs> <laughs> They answer it exactly how I would, too. Shields have a larger amount of armor and have more mitigation when blocking than weapons do. They also are used in one hand and shield skill lines for usefulness. (laughs) For abilities in that skill line to function... You need to have a shield equipped. <laughs> do you think it's? Do you think they left the person's name out intentionally? On dude, this? they left the person's name out because they know he'd be getting death threats.
3: <laughs> Why should I
2: use a shield instead of a sword? Um, really?
0: So uh, I guess just to recap, uh, shields have larger amounts of armor and have more mitigation when blocking than weapons do. They're also used in one hand and. Uh, shield skill line for abilities in that skill line to function you need to have a shield equipped.
1: Yes, unless it's a lightsaber then no, it can't be a shield as well. Oh, Sorry.
0: Man. Oh man, ESO lightsabers. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, you know, no. I had that
1: mod once. It's pretty cool. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm joking. Come on, Shank. Not e- no ESO lightsabers? No. no.
2: Just, they made it fit no. into the
3: lore. Break your immersion? <laughs> no, I'm just afraid that the, the bloom would be too much. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, Shank. Had you watched your own uh, tutorial, you could tone that down. Your face. I could. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh wow, Lou with the zing, tech zing. That's a that's a that's a hardcore, straight up nerd fight right there. Is what that is.
1: Actually, no, he didn't cover that. He actually should go over that next two couple episodes of that Emb Workshop stuff. Yes. He, he touched upon it, but he actually didn't go into detail about it. <laughs>
0: Uh, this one from Amanda Lorne. How will we be able to join the real guilds in game? Will I have to find their leader and fulfill some requirements to join them? Or do recruiters roam the lands, Lou?
1: Sauce answers. We assume you mean the Fighters and Mages Guild. You'll visit their representatives in cities, and they will ask you if you wish to join. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, it's, that's pretty freaking simple. Yeah, yeah. Shank. Does this need to be any other way other than what they stated, or is this right where it needs to be?
3: I, uh, this is interesting because I surprisingly I'm on the fence on this one. On the one, and I'll tell you why. On one hand, visiting the representatives in the cities and asking you to wish to join that—that's fairly standard. Like, for example, if you play. Um, Oblivion Skyrim uh or any of the other scrolls like let's take Skyrim, uh the mages are in Winterhold. That's that's basically their 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 capital and that they have their college there. So of course if you want to join, you have to go to Winterhold. Like that's pretty simple. But also you hear rumblings, like if you speak to random innkeepers in the game, you will hear you'll be like, Hey, you want to learn about magic, go to Winterhold. Um so you can't join, but you hear about it through that way. So what? They're gonna do that in ESO, like, "Hey loser, you use a sword. You should join the right. Fighters Guild."
2: Right. exactly. <laughs> that's
3: gonna exactly. happen. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying that's not gonna happen, but I, it would be cool to take what Elder Scrolls have done in that regard, which is a pretty standard, and like kind of expand on it. I mean, I kind of like the idea of like a roaming recruiter guy, like walking around saying, "Hey, you look pretty cool. Come join my guild," and he like kind of takes you over, like near uh, where the where the uh, the guild. Uh, building is and stuff like that. I think that'd be kind of cool. So, um, if they could take what they have in the sta- games now and expand upon it, I, I think that'd be that'd be a great new uh, addition to the already uh, good guild system that they have in Elder Scrolls. Okay,
2: you yeah. know oh. I, I I agree but I disagree. I'm sorry, Lou. I'm so no, no, sad. go ahead, Dave. No, no, go ahead. Um, I agree but I disagree. Mm-hmm. I agree for the fighters' guild, the the mages' college. Those are perfect. You know, walk in, say hi, get some quests. That's pretty fun. But you know what they better bring to me when I'm joining it? What's that? Is the Dark Brotherhood. Oh. Because
3: every single one, they come at you. Yeah, and that's that's the fun of the game is that you have to, you know the guild is there, but the fun is trying to figure out how to join it.
2: Mm-hmm. Dude, you know the first expansion. Hell, the second expansion could still be there. But they're, yeah. they're going to have to put that in.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Dark Brotherhood's
2: going to be in there. And oh my yeah. god, it better come to you. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, be yeah. like, Welcome to the castle of the Dark Brotherhood! Grab <laughs> Brother Wine is in the corner! Freaky Jester Man! Everything you need
3: for the
1: Dark Brotherhood! No,
0: I Oh, god, I hate that stupid Jester. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you got? Get, well, I was going to mention this?
1: that uh, the beast in the chat room was mentioning that uh, his opinion was I think the fighter's guild should be open, but mage's guild should be more exclusive like in Oblivion. Okay. You know, more in terms of you know only mages or magic users could ever join the mage's guild. You, know, you couldn't have uh, no, thieves or what have you or anyone else join the mage's guild. You actually had to be just a pure magic user, I guess, in order to join their ranks. See, but then I don't know how that you know that might cut off
0: uh, yeah that's, that that may, in the player base that may not you know? that may not work or or it d- depends on see something like that completely depends on on the threshold of, of criteria mm-hmm. that they they put in place. so so who who knows who knows All right, uh, last one, shank, you're gonna grab this one for me, please. Uh, this comes from Roger Cress who asks, can you tell us a bit more about the resurrection? or reappearance of characters who die in PvP.
3: Zoss answers, when you die in PvP, there are several options that allow you to rejoin the battle. An ally can resurrect you if you have a filled soul jam. You can respawn at a keep. You, you can respawn at a keep your alliance owns as long as it does isn't under attack, or you can respawn at your alliance's entry location in Cyrodiil. Also note that a siege weapon called a forward camp can be deployed this allows a limited number of respawns for your alliance. If one of these forward camps is available, it will be visible as an option when you choose your respawn location. Forward camps are costly and can only be deployed far away from other camps from your alliance. Wow.
2: That's the reason why they chose this question.
3: That is balling. Yeah, I, I having like never, Yeah, having never played PvP in, like, anything... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, sure. This is good. Cool. From my from my zero experience, I'm gonna
0: say this is good.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's let's cut over to Dave then.
0: Dave, what what do you what do you got on this? They're saying that. Uh, and let's just let's just highlight the points here, okay? And now can resurrect you if they have a filled okay. soul gem, right? Right. Right. Okay. And and take it from there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because you're. I can see you're foaming at well, the mouth here.
2: I, my problem is, is, we've already discussed how you can resurrect in this game. The one thing that they haven't talked about was that they're adding this forward camp in, and I think that's a great idea. Now, there is another option here that they're not talking about, which I think is really big for, for people who play PvP. Um, don't suck. Okay. And, yeah, and that's, you're right. If you, if you don't die, you don't have to worry about resing.
0: <laughs> i i i sort of took that as you know you have to watch your strategy when when doing certain things yeah that's totally what i meant um when they say when they say also note okay also note that a siege weapon called a forward camp can be deployed this allows a limited number of respawns for your alliance um do you you acquire these forward camps By doing well in PvP as well as any other kind of like siege weaponry. So the better you do, the more, I should say, the more involved you are in in PvP, these sorts of things you'll you'll end up acquiring for yourself. And uh, so, because I know there's going to be a question out there like, well, you know, what's a forward camp? And that sounds broken to me and sounds OP and I don't, it's... Not. It's, it's
2: uh, earned. Yes,
1: it is. Right. It is earned. It's it, not granted. The more to you. we
2: talk about this, the more it sounds like Winter Grasp, and I love it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna have a lot of great uh, viable tactical options. Like you know, if you're gonna put one down for your guild or your alliance, to say, hey, you know what? Because this fight's very important to us, you know, only the healers and you know the tanks can use it. You know, everyone else just run back. You know, because we're going need you know prioritize who actually gets to use it because. As I said, here, it's expensive, and you have to spawn away from other camps. So now you realize, all right, so who can use it? You know, you know this is this Joe Snuffy who's just, you know, plinking away? <laughs> or do you want, like, you know, your five healers who are very important to keep everyone else alive, do you want them to use it more often? You know, it's like, hey, you know what, if you have a chance, use this other camp instead. You know, right. It brings a whole, a whole lot more flavor to, uh, to fighting in Ceredale.
0: Not bad. Um... Overall, I'd have to say that this this particular uh Ask Us Anything article was was dropped a really n- cool pieces of, of information. Some really cool pieces of info came out of that. Uh we found I, out about I'm the re- amount of hairstyles. Go ahead, Dave.
2: I'm really glad to hear about the shields.
0: <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Dave's having a coronary over there. <laughs> Poor Dave. <laughs>
3: Why are you this here? <laughs> oh
0: my god, that's oh, wow. just that's just hurtful. <laughs> so there there's a lot of cool pieces of information I, that we got out of that that I liked. Uh, I liked hearing about the forward camps. I like the uh, you know knowing that there's there's 24 uh, you know hairstyles in the game, and then you know the eye thing that was cool too for for certain races. Um, guys, I mean you know real quick, Dave. I mean, is there anything that you can pick out that you you thought was really awesome to hear about?
2: dude i i'm gonna make people mad with those ford camps <laughs> so lou uh lou what did... no go ahead dave i'm kidding no for real like that's what i did with uh what i loved about Wintergrass was you do good up to the point that you can use a siege weapon and then you just make people angry because it's all like i got this big vehicle and here my might
0: go ahead Love Lou. It. What do you, what do you think anything that you took away from this
1: I, I do like the fact they gave us that little tidbit about the forward camps. I think that's a really amazing uh, new thing that they introduced to PvP in that zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, there, the reaffirmation of the character creation stuff. Again, giving people, you know like myself, you, you like spending time your avatar, go right ahead. <laughs> Very nice. Go ahead.
0: Shank, was there anything you took away from this article that you thought was really interesting?
3: Um, I'm just glad that they uh, – they must have heard me complaining or something because they, they – especially like this the, – the top portion of this entire Ask Us Anything was very centric on that, that core like intimate character creation Elder Scrolls feel. So I, I really appreciate that and they, they took the time to answer that and we really got – we got away that, yeah, we're giving you a bunch of details like go nuts with it. So I, I like sure. that. Sure, absolutely. Um, all right, guys, so so
0: Shank, what I, what I need you to do is just go down to, uh, to number three in the notes there, and I would like for you to present that. Um, however, before uh, Shank presents uh, what we have for you on our, on our notes here, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors today, which is Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com. Uh, if you are looking for, for uh, brand-new headphones, guys, okay, these guys make unbelievable, unbelievably high-quality high durability headphones they're they're very comfortable they fit right in your ear i'm wearing a pair right now myself actually um, these are <laughs> these are a wood wrapped version of their their earbuds, and what happens is they' got a lot of different styles of these earbuds at tweaked audio uh, these in particular they actually wrap wood <laughs> around these and these are the tweaked naturals. Um to give it like a sort of like acoustic feel to it, I mean these guys really think a lot about their product. Um, they offer an extremely durable wire here. It's got this uh, little little one button uh, thing here for your cell phone it's got a microphone on it i mean these they're they're fantastic they sound great, very durable. I use these for podcasting. I actually use these for working out as well when i when I go out for a jog, I plug these in and I've had these for almost a year now and they are the same as when I took them out of the box for the first time. Nice flat cord here. They very rarely ever tangle up. Uh, We've got a code for you. If you're really interested, if you're looking for, like I said, brand new headphones, TweakedAudio.com is the place to be. Drop our code in. We'll save you a little dough if you drop our code in. That's going to be off the record. All one word, off the record. Drop our code in at TweakedAudio.com. You will get 30% off your entire order over there. They've got so many different versions of of their, their headphones. I mean, they there's you can go nuts with it to be honest uh it's awesome awesome stuff uh great customer service by the way too so if anything goes wrong with these call them up say hey guys you know varwin on elder scrolls off the record uh told me tweaked audio was the bomb and these things are crap no they'll be like oh well you know sorry about that if the man and uh here's some brand new earphones you know (laughs) so they're they definitely help you out Shipping is free worldwide. Doesn't matter where you live, as long as you're not on the moon or on Mars, your shipping is free, my friend. For tweaked audio. <laughs> tweakedaudio.com. We love them. Okay. That's enough of me. Gotcha.
3: <laughs> so, uh, this next piece was actually written up by our uh and broken by our very own Brian Armstrong. Uh, you can find this on elderscrollsofftherecord.com, of course. And uh, this is the Skyrim slash minecraft mashup which is coming soon um so um if you guys like minecraft uh, i know there's a lot of people that love minecraft out there um and you happen to like skyrim well yay for you guys um there's a skyrim mashup is, is uh coming soon to minecraft uh the 360 version so that's the xbox 360 and uh the minecraft mashup was developed by 4k studios and includes an Exclusive Skyrim-themed texture set, 40 character skins, themed menus, and a UI, uh, user interface. Craftable items and more than 20 iconic selections from the original Skyrim soundtrack, which is an awesome soundtrack. That's crazy. Um, Also included will be pre-created areas that should be familiar to Skyrim fans, including Whiterun, Riverwood, and Bleak Falls Barrow. Wow, what a Um, win. uh, of course, Bleak Falls Barrow, you guys have heard me say it a million times. I, it is my personal favorite uh, Barrow in the entire game, probably because it was the first one, but it's I love that place. Um, and so we actually asked Pete, uh, Pete Hines um, of uh, Bethesda for a little bit more clarification on this. And if it was a uh, new Minecraft mod, and he replied, quote, it's its own addition, like the Mass Effect one, looks and feels like Skyrim, including some of the Skyrim soundtrack, end quote. So um, if you guys are traveling to MineCon in Orlando this weekend, uh, you guys will be actually able to try out the mod um, for yourselves at the convention. So that's kind of cool. Um, you guys can get first-hand experience on it. Um, what is it going to feature? Well, they've got a, a, a bunch of features lists. Uh, so again, you're going to have Skyrim-themed texture set to apply to any existing or newly created Minecraft world. You'll get 40 Skyrim character skins to apply to your player's in-game avatar. Uh, Do, in my case. Uh, You'll get Skyrim-themed menu, UI, and inventory included the integrated Skyrim logo, which is awesome. Skyrim music score featuring 26 original tracks, um, which is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I I love the music, man. It's amazing. And, of course... Pre-made world recreating the area of White Run, Riverwood, and Bleak Falls Barrow. Um, of course, you know this is this is going to be on a smaller scale in order to fit with the uh, the, the technical uh, world constraints of of Minecraft and the uh, the game's map size. But still, I mean that's pretty cool. Um, these are some pretty, like I said, if you if you're in a Minecraft fan who also happens to enjoy Skyrim or Elder Scrolls in general, this is this is pre big news. So if you own a 360, or you're in MineCon in Orlando this weekend, go pick it up. It's going to be awesome.
0: All right, yeah, we want to thank Brian Armstrong. Uh, if you like that, uh, don't forget. Now, Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We we do more than just a podcast around here. Okay, we we break Elder Scrolls news at Elder Scrolls Off the Record, and and Brian, as well as Shank, uh, is part of the the ever expanding news team here at, at Quest Gaming Network. And, and Brian did a fantastic job covering this this particular piece. Uh, Johnny on the spot with this, actually. By the way, when I asked him to uh, to cover it, he he threw it up there real quick. Great job. Uh, So thank you very much, Brian. All right. um, We've got... Since we we didn't do a a show last week, uh, we missed not one, but two developer questions of the week. So we're going to go back. Back in time. (laughs)
2: Like
0: that. uh, (laughs) That's right. Dave, to the TARDIS! (laughs) Uh, And we are going to show you... Uh, the, the, uh, one of the questions of the week so, so without any further ado and there's been plenty of it, here we go
1: Hi, I'm Brianna Lindsay and I'm an effects
2: artist with Elder Scrolls Online and here is your question of the week Every culture in Tamriel has a different idea on what makes a delicious meal. If you were a chef in Tamriel, what dish would you be famous for?
4: Oh, I love that music.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that takes me back. I love that music. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So if you were a chef in, in Tamriel... What dish would you be known for? Dave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta, Okay. So this is, Shake's going to love this one. One of my favorite things down here is we have this art thing. This like festival that happens downtown. They have a, uh, alligator tail on a stick and it is great. Oh my God. Wow. And that, you know, just makes me think just how much would one pay for Argonian tail, on a stick? <laughs> Shank, Shank appreciated that one.
0: <laughs> go, go ahead, Lou. What, what would you, what would you be known for if you were a chef in Tamriel?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Well, one of my first questions too would be Brianna, uh, which anime character or, or you know. Japanese RPG character? Are you modeled after? Because that's pretty cool hair you've got going on there. Oh, uh, <laughs> I hope that's one of the selections we see in character creation. It's
0: very, it's very pretty. She, she did a, a very nice job. That's that's yeah. difficult, by the way, to get that kind of color, like completely even throughout all your hair, is is not easy, from what I understand. Go ahead, Lou.
1: I, I was gonna say, I don't know which is shocking: the fact that you actually know the details like that, or or, or you mention it at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <clears throat> he had a rough time in high school.
0: Yeah, when I was dyeing my hair pink.
1: Um, actually, you know what? It'd probably be a vegetable type stew because of all the things I always pick in Skyrim. You know, it's always gonna be those you know types of roots. I'm always grabbing the cabbages, tomatoes, and everything else. I think I'd just make myself some mean, mean vegetable stew. I like that. You know, it's easy. Ingredients are anywhere and everywhere, in every house you you, you, you borrow things from, um, you know any storefront, you know or you know farmers' barn you take stuff from. so very easy to make, very easy to get the ingredients.
3: All right, what about you, Shank? You know what? Um, I would actually have to. I think Dave and I would actually set up this shop, uh, together because we we're we're, all, we're of like minds on this one. <laughs> so Dave would be, uh, you know, dishing out the Argonian tail on a stick, and I would actually be in the uh, on the other side of the booth making Argonian sashimi. Oh, okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> sashimi. You can't eat their innards. Dirty <laughs> I mean, monsters. Yeah, but you know, I, I bet I bet it would sell well. We could have a nice like, you know, cross sell between the Argonian uh tail on a stick in the sashimi and uh
2: well you know, share and share alike. We'd we only we'd make twice as much food we would. per one Argonian slain. So I think that's just a win win <laughs> just across the board.
3: And it is. And you know what? Think about it this way. That that's twice as useful as they are when they're living. So, you know. That's... Oh wow. Oh my. Wow. Oh my. Um
0: so so, I guess I, I would you know what I would throw together, guys. You're racist. Is <laughs> <laughs> I, I would make I would make spicy Karen Bolette tacos. And oh and
3: if Arwen, where do you find Karen Bolette?
0: Oh oh, uh, Karen Bolette occurs. It grows wherever uh, death happens. Wherever oh my god!
3: So. And, and I wonder who told you that brilliant piece of information as you were delving through Vilverin. Oh, he's on the screen right now.
0: <laughs>
2: i none of y'all said, you know, barbecue dragon ribs. So good to make you foos-ro-die-yo-mama.
1: <laughs> this is where the horse lives. Come get you one. <laughs> wow. You know, the chat rooms have some great ideas, too. Um so to Gamer. Mud crab cakes.
2: <laughs> oh, that's Spicy brilliant.
1: Argonian rolls from 14 Symptoms. Mammoth Smart ass ramen noodles. I don't think Skyrim has ramen noodles. Nah, no ramen. No ramen. We're forgetting about our chat room today, guys. What
0: the what the hell is wrong with us? So so very sorry, guys. In the, in the chat, uh, Riafio
1: grilled mammoth steak. I like that. Uh, Monovan. Oh wow, Monovan. Uh oh, grilled giant's toe with mammoth cheese. Oh, you know what though? Don't don't oh. don't
0: knock it till only you try person, it, it. Who's
3: ever played Skyrim that actually likes the mammoth cheese? Yeah.
0: You know it's a little creepy.
3: It's a little creepy to be honest. It's like
0: every time you move it around. It does. It does, I can't right?
2: Stand it. Every time you it, it's like Yeah. It's, like, ah. it's
0: it's like not cool at all. Uh all right, moving moving on to the next one and and guys I just have to ask you to please be be a little careful with this one. Uh, please listen very closely because the uh she has a very very thick accent uh who asks the question um so you have to sort of you know watch it uh her name is uh tatiana and she's got a very thick accent so just listen very very closely and and uh you get the question
4: Hi, my name is Tatiana Malinko, and I am a principal figure artist with Elder Scrolls Online. Creating your character is a very personal first step into the Elder Scrolls. Recently, we have shared a video showcasing some of the customization options available for your character. What makes you feel attached to your character? His or her appearance, name, backstory you created for your character, or something else?
0: Okay, guys. So so Tatiana asks.
2: Dude, I could barely understand her question because I fell in love with her voice.
0: I know. Dude, that is a sexy accent. I'm, I, that God. is an awesome accent. It, it's very, very pretty. Yes. I, I, I very much like it. I, uh, so, but anyway, um, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Before I embarrass myself further, uh, what what makes you attached to your character? Naming it, its appearance, or creating the backstory? Let's, uh, let's start with uh, Shank on this one. I, I saw. I knew you were gonna pick me first for this. <laughs> well, you're already up on the screen. Might as well
3: get your smiling face in. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know that that works. Um, that's you know what for me it's it's really the the creation process because I I take my time with the creation and for me the most important piece really of that whole creation is really getting the eyes right because I'm I'm a sucker for pretty eyes. So like I spend a lot of time just trying to get. The eyes, like perfect, and from the character creation video we saw, there's a there's looks like a slew of options for the eyes, so that that makes me quite happy. I'm very happy about that. So
0: you would you would probably say then appearance when you're when you're creating your character, you really get mostly into into the appearance versus yeah. the
3: backstory and the naming. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. The, the name, do whatever backstory, eh, appearance. Yeah, right. I spend a lot of time on that. Uh, Lou, what what about what about you?
1: Um, I'm with uh, the same mind as some people in the chat room where it, it's everything. I actually take all that into account um character name the kind of backstory i i want to create for this character and have that match with the class i intend to pick for that character like if i'm going to create a ranger type character okay i usually try to make that character an elf if it's available in that game and give an appropriate backstory you know and yeah take the time to actually create them make them look you know that character look as good as possible you know Enough to where Liz hates me again because she's going to anyway. in ESO. just just putting it out there again, Liz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 the overall package. It's, it's going to be everything. I take all that into account when I create this character. You know, one's not important as the other. They're all equally important to me.
0: Okay. All right. So so Lou is. Um... Kind of chickening out on that. Uh, Dave. (laughs) Shh! You shut your... No. (laughs) (laughs) Name, appearance, or backstory, what is most important to you when you are creating a character?
2: None of those, but I do have something. Okay. Uh, first off, all my characters look the same. (laughs) I'm right there Um, with you. Another thing is, I don't deviate very far from the, uh, you know, where is it? This section? The the Dian Force area right here? Oh, That's I get right in your
0: name there I, where it says, in quotes, Dian Force.
2: Yeah, I don't really get far from that either. So, as for backstory, eh, because they give you a backstory. You can't really make up what you, where you came from in these games. So they're going to stick you in it and be like, hey, guess what? You're a prisoner because you suck. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> so you gotta deal with with what's going ahead. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I, I know it's odd to bring up another MMO in in this, but what I what I really want from ESO is the feel of this, is that when I first started raiding in WoW, my first real raid that I was brought into was Black Temple. And Black Temple, the final boss, is Illidan. He has this this blindfold on. Right. And for Ever, I tried to, to get that blindfold. That meant so much to me. To this day, my WoW character is wearing that damn blindfold. And th- honestly, that's what I want from ESO. Not where it's coming from, but where it's gonna end up. And I want something that physically can mark that. Be it, you know, kill this boss. You get to have a crazy tattoo that says, hey, I beat this insane boss. That would be awesome. You know, stuff like that that really lets me define my character as it grows is what I look forward to. So a trophy basically. Well thanks for demeaning everything I had to say, you jerk. <laughs> Summon it all up right there. No, <laughs> oh,
4: it's good, cool.
3: I, I like to you know.
0: Shank, uh what did what did Galderman say in the chat room that you wanted to bring up?
3: Um <laughs> this is going back to our Previous question of the week, he had an excellent suggestion. He said, Shank and Dean, you should name your restaurant Namira's Argonian Treats.
2: Yeah, but if we do that, Argonians would be like, treats for us? And then we'd be like, not really. Not really. No, but that's how
3: you lure them in, so we can, you know. Stun guns!
1: (laughs) Wow, you guys should be a Sweeney Todd of Skyrim. That's awesome. I heard you had treats for Argonians here. (laughs)
0: all right guys well well uh speaking about uh monsters and and their ilk um there was a an article that dropped on october 30th that we haven't had the chance to to really (laughs) cover this week uh my as my cat is is climbing my chest trying to get my attention here (laughs) um and the the article that dropped was about was about werewolves and I sort well, of wanted they're to...
2: monsters. They're people just like us. Um, Shut up,
0: Dave. They're not in a way at <laughs> all like, like like us. <laughs> so I wanted to offer a, a peek at the werewolf and kind of analyze a little bit here as to what what was said. So uh, in an article posted on October 30th called "Creating ESO Werewolf," uh, Zoff gives us a tiny glimpse into what players can expect from becoming a werewolf. Here are some of the known facts left behind in one of their most enigmatic creatures to date. Werewolves are going to be closely related to the Daedric Prince Hercene, who claims their souls and leads them on wild courses through his realm in oblivion known as the Hunting Grounds. Lou, as the uh, the lore master, you got anything on that?
1: Actually, yes. Please refer to episode... God, I have to remember now. (laughs) (laughs) Many a moon ago. (laughs) Yeah, and it, it you know ties into you know what's going to drive them the, you know that hunt you know go out there be bestial. go out there and hone those senses feel free mm. and just feel free to just kill things.
0: <laughs> and then uh, another piece of information that I thought was was one of the more uh, exciting parts is players contract sanus lupinus. <sighs> uh, okay, uh, <laughs> from a werewolf <laughs> if left untreated. <laughs> Are we gonna have to bleep that one? We might have to, I don't know. It's,
1: like... it's no, it's Latin. It's Latin.
0: we can get away with it. Players contract Jeez. sanus lupinus
2: from a lupinus. werewolf. Lupinus, that's better. Lupinus <laughs> for... for a minute there Lou was blushing.
0: Yeah, for for a second, <laughs> um as I become scalding red on the live stream.
2: Lose <laughs> <laughs> what? You're gonna get people driving down the road, crashed into crap because they heard it wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's all mature up a little bit. <clears throat> <laughs> so they they get this disease from a werewolf. If left untreated, they become werewolves themselves. Uh, the The interesting part about this is that it, in an MMO, this sort of thing does not
3: really happen. Um, you wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's actually shocking to me. Really. really? Yes. I am genuinely shocked by that. What? I thought like fantasy MMOs had all these kind of because I mean they're they're by their nature, like in my head, like MMOs are this like richly detailed living, breathing worlds that are created that are ever present. <laughs> oh no, because like I mean the world is oh, no. it's it's a persistent world almost, like, you know what I mean? So like I Always thought, like, okay, well, of course, if they're going to put, like, this much detail, like, of course, like, there's going to be diseases that you can... So, like, I thought this kind of stuff was just oh no very common. Not not at, all. Not, you not know at what? all.
2: I have seen it one time before. What What's that in? The Rack Plague. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Swotor. Yes. yes. Where you could
2: yes. pass on diseases between players, and depending on how many people you pass it on to, you get some type of credit for that.
0: Yeah, and then they blow up, or you blow up, and that's how you pass it on. That was, that was so much fun, that, whole, that yep. whole thing. That was great.
2: Honestly, if that's how they do the, the sanguine lu Whatever. Lup- lupinous. Uh, thank you. Uh, if they do it that <laughs> way, I'd be all down for that. That sounds beastly, dude.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome to see.
0: Yeah, usually this kind of thing is... It's sort of, uh, it sort of works this way. Um, hey, I want to be a werewolf. Okay, so we have a quest line for that. So then you go to you know an NPC, you start the quest... You, you play for, you know, X amount of hours that the quest is, and then, boom, you are, you know, uh, a werewolf or, or whatever. Um, but this, this is different. This is almost, like, like random. That you get attacked by a werewolf, you fight him back, and then you, you get the, the disease, and then now you're like, oh, geez, should I, you know, cure myself? Should I not cure myself? Like, what, what do I do? And I, I like that whole thing. I think it's one of the more interesting... Um, pieces in in this whole this whole article. Uh, the next one is that there is a dedicated, skill, excuse me, dedicated skill line in game. Yes, not Sorry. bad, right? <laughs>
2: I don't think Shank likes it.
0: <laughs> uh, what what's uh, what's good about that is that it's not just a a series of let's let's create you know this this uh, thing with just a lot of hit points and tremendous amount of strength. And then all of a sudden he's gonna be he's gonna be you know a, a BA. No, you have it's, to build it from the ground up as well.
3: Yes, that's yes. You you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like it's it's not just hey you're a werewolf. It's no 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 no. You're in this for the long haul. This is your you got to think about your investment now.
1: All right. Uh, I just want to mention really quick, Nacho Burn in the chatroom saying if you think about it, the Elder Scrolls games are the only activity that you do. Where you actually players go looking to catch a disease, <laughs> whether it's Sanguinus l- Lupinus or you know Sanguinus Vampirus, <laughs> people are looking like, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to catch it. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: we get that. Uh, here's here's a quote that I found very interesting, and that is this. And I quote: uh, "We want you to be able to launch yourself into a frenzied killing spree and feel the uncontrollable strength granted to you by the transformation." All right, now, from a balanced perspective, I find this extremely interesting. Dave, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Ah, uh, every other Thursday, man. It's, you know, I, I, the moon shines bright upon me and turns me into a beast that is has got to attack. Honestly, that's exactly how a werewolf should feel. Like, when you turn into the werewolf, it's like, oh, well, I guess sword and board isn't working, so guess what else I have? <laughs>
1: Roar. So they go. I don't have to. go, ah. go Altered beast, or we'll have to confine him to you know a, a secret ch- clubhouse he built under some tree. And, oh wait, sorry.
2: That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now,
3: what, go ahead, shank I, I have a question for you. This is this is why during our pre-show I was like, you know, th- this is pretty interesting on uh, your notes here. I am curious why you find this interesting because I have my own thoughts on this. But I am when you when Arwin says I find this interesting, yeah, that's interesting to me. Well, so, well, here I'm here thinking, it is, like, here yeah. it is,
0: um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you know dirty with it. The the yeah, fact I, of the matter,
3: I, I also
2: want to hear this. Why would you find this a balance issue? Uh because they're
0: they're the way they come across in in how they're answering this says we want this to be unbelievably powerful just by saying we want you to be able to launch yourself into a frenzied killing spree and feel the uncontrollable strength granted to you by the transformation what does that mean to me that means you are used to a certain amount of power coming from you and coming from all of the or everyone else around you whether you're a mage Or you're you're a melee combat guy. You're you're fighting with other melee combat guys, other mages. You're used to a certain amount of give-and-take, push-and-pull in your combat. They're outright saying in this, frenzied killing spree, feel the uncontrollable strength granted to you by the transformation. So once you turn into a werewolf, you're going from your normal status quo kind of dude in in Tamriel to this this uncontrollable uh frenzied beast who who's going to be able to just, you know, uh rip heads off with with a with a single claw and and move on to the next, going crazy and ballistic. Right. From a balanced perspective. I find this very interesting that they're they're all they're kind of uh throwing out there that hey, guess what? this isn't going to be balanced. It is going to be tough and we're giving it to players. It's not a boss. It's not a mini boss. It's you or your friend or the guy across the battlefield from you throwing themselves into this, this overpowered state for X amount of time. And you're going to just have to deal with that.
2: I I have a, I, I actually have an argument to that. Okay. Some things that we've said on previous episodes. Um, One is that there's supposed to be a silver shot. I think we spoke
3: about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep.
2: This could mean, you know, people who are prepared for it could put you down flat. Absolutely. Be it that, you know, they one person thought ahead, said, hey, I'm in PVP. These guys are going to bring werewolves at us and they're going to bring werewolves at us hard. I got to have this skill. It's going to put them down and they're willing to sacrifice that slot for that skill, so be it. But that's the same point coming from the other direction. If you're a werewolf, are you going to have to sacrifice slots on your bar for the werewolf skills, be it the transformation skill, be it the you know werewolf attack skills, well, or is it going to swap over into a werewolf
0: setup? Let's, let's, let's put it this way. Let's, let's put it this way. Um, you're going to have to adjust... You, you run into every battle with mm-hmm. your your standard tool set, okay? This is what I got, and I'm bringing it. And someone else is saying, this is what I got, and I'm bringing it. And you guys duke it out, and then all of a sudden, I'm a werewolf. And you're like, oh, what the S. And then, boom, you're dead. You rez <laughs> in, your lo- in your local forward camp, and then you say, hey, guys, that guy is a werewolf. So let's find him. And by the way, let me just switch some of these skills out of my bar here to prepare for a fight for a werewolf. Now I'm going in head first, knowing someone out there is a werewolf, and I'm accommodating for it.
2: Right. So that...
0: Go ahead. Oh, hold on one second, Shane, because I I feel like my point's about to, to, to drop cool, cool, here. Cool. That's very interesting from a PvP perspective. And why is that interesting? Because if you, if you play PvP in MMOs, a lot of it is, is very much, this is the PvP spec, this is what we do on this board... And you have to follow 1, 2, and 3, and A, B, and C of, of each one in order to win, and go. Now, what you're doing is you're throwing in this wild card thing where you don't know who's got what. You don't know it based on their armor, um, based on what you know, their, their skill uh, set, uh, based on the weapon they have in their hand, what their skill set is. You don't know if they're a vampire. You don't know if they're a werewolf. You don't know. The more you don't know in a fight, the more interesting it gets. And that's what I like about this. Go ahead, Shank.
3: So what I find uh curious here is uh uh two things. And it, it's 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 curious in a good way. Um I, I like how number one, you you your 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 uh your line of uh, thought and your arguments uh immediately went to PvP. Um and I, I that, that's a good thing. I find that curious as a good thing. Um given obviously everyone hears experience with MMOs and stuff and the balance issue – I mean when I first read this, my mind immediately went to the PVE aspect of it, which I suppose is expected. Um, but I can just – I mean as far as balance goes uh, or specific to the PVE, I think this is great to be perfectly honest with you and blunt. I think this is great that they're making you feel totally, totally overpowered. I mean yes, it's going to be for – a, a a set uh, time period. I think this is great because they're giving you that taste. You're saying, "Hey, you are now a werewolf for you know X seconds or however." Go nuts. So I can I can see this in a situation where you are, for example, say say I am out exploring someplace and me being shank, I wander into someplace, you know unknowing unknowns to me like everything in here is like 10 levels higher than me and i'm like oh crap i wandered in here just because it looks pretty and i'm about to get screwed and then i remember oh wait i'm a werewolf if i transform i'm going to become stronger and wow. my attacks will become stronger that's a good point and i can continue to roam these lands without as much fear and of saying okay well dude that uh you know that Land drag is going to just kill me now because I'm a little, you know, uh, wood elf. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a werewolf. I can actually wander now, without feeling that danger around me. I think, I think that that's great because it gives people like me more options too. Granted, I probably won't play as a werewolf, but just knowing that that's there yeah. and that's their intention with it, I think it speaks. It's, it's good. I really, really like that. It, it opens, up, it opens up the game a little bit more. The way I see it
0: on on this point i want to I want to go straight to Lou and if you need me to uh do I, I will I will reiterate uh what what we I find interesting about this but uh if not then go ahead
1: oh um yeah By our perspective as everyone's mentioned before it's it's awesome um I was gonna mention like other not I mean, most other uh I guess single player RPGs I've played in the past where you've had the the typical undead creatures like the vampire and werewolves like uh, my example I was going to bring was Vampire: The Masquerade. Okay, in that game, you actually fought against a werewolf. Okay, mm-hmm. and there, even though you were a badass vampire, okay, chosen clan, your skills, your power set, you were, you know, god amongst mortals. Here comes another type of creature. I guess your stereotypical vampire bane, the werewolf, and you were like a fly to them because of the fact that they were so so strong, they recovered fat, you know, they healed phenomenally, okay, they were immune to every attack, except, obviously, against the typical, you know, silver weapons, or, you know, magical-type attacks, and I think this is going to, as you mentioned before, a great, uh, great flavor to PvP and also Shanks' and PvE. Okay, you're going to have that kind of over, overpowering-type presence on the battlefield or your encounter, and realize, man, I should have prepared for this. Knowing that this is out there, you really can't go with the mindset that you mentioned before of, oh, this is my tool set and this has to work for everything. No, use your tool set. but you know what? You better have some extra tools in there just in case it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, you, you know, players can no longer just set into the, all right, what's the cookie cutter mold of the week? Oh, this, okay. No, it's, all right, I, I, I've got my build, I've got this, but I know I need to have room for this, this, and this just in case, e, you know, option E happens.
2: <laughs> Dave, what about you? Anything? Um, honestly, it's going to end up as powerful as this may be. It doesn't matter because yes, there's going to be those people who swear by it, but you're going to have those people who don't enjoy it because it's just not their gameplay style. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it. there's going to be ways around it. People are going to find out how to put them down. And once that happens, it's going to, yes, it's going to be overpowered and you're probably going to hear, don't quit, get within five feet of a werewolf it's probably just going to be, you know, rule of thumb because they're probably going to just rip your face off if you get too close. But once people learn how to counter whatever comes at them, it will it will feel like it's supposed to be part of the game. And right. I'm sure I'm sure they say this is going to be overpowered from your standpoint as the werewolf. They do not say that it's going to be overpowered against the enemy.
0: Very interesting. Good way to think about it. All right, uh, the last point on here that I want to throw out is this quote, too. Werewolves use their incredible strength to leap through the air toward... Leap through the air towards their unfortunate targets. They devour them with fervor. They often hunt in packs, destroying everything they can hunt down. End quote. Now, what I like about this is that it gives us an idea of what they have in mind with regard to how being a werewolf is going to feel playing it. They want this thing to feel like you are an animal, an uncontrollable animal who's just a juggernaut out there. And Yeah, um,
2: yeah I don't think I agree with this because we all know that I'm a one man wolf pack. Oh my. Dave's a one-man <laughs> Dave's
1: gonna be the lone wolf. <laughs> certainly... Dave, I'm calling you
0: Alan from now on. You certainly got enough <laughs> hair on your uh, on your face to, to clothe an entire pack of wolves. Dave. I also
2: have a baby over here in the corner, just so oh, that's Carlos. Not yeah, Carlos. That's not
0: creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shank, go ahead. I mean, is is there is there something on this that you wanted to lend? I just –
3: I love the, the words that they use. It's, it's great imagery. Um, yeah, it really is. You really conjure up that – this notion in your head of what, what they're trying to convey. And you, you can almost hear the breath of the werewolf and like the blood dripping off your fangs. It, it's, it's great. I love this imagery. What about you, Lou?
1: Yeah, I think you know, this is – I like the doing here. Um, and, again, what you guys mentioned, the, the, the wording they chose, what they're trying to convey is, yeah, you're going to be that type of, I guess, preternatural natural creature that can do all this stuff that you read about or seen in movies. You know, you're going to be able to do that. You know, you're going to climb on a wall or climb on a ceiling. You can attack things. You know, you're not bound by natural laws anymore that mortals have. You know, you're something else entirely different, and they want to convey that and make you feel that way.
0: Very nice. Uh, Dave, anything before we move on or are you good? Uh,
2: I'm I'm okay.
0: You're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Get your face all the way up on that camera there, dude.
2: (laughs) Looking hot. I was was drinking my water.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, all right. So we, we still have, believe it or not, we still have plenty of show to go, to go through today. Uh, I forgot the crafting table this week. (gasps) What the heck? I totally forgot the crafting table this week, so I'm going to leave this up to Shank. Shank, do you want to report on your on your
3: uh, mod for this oh, week? Oh yes, you- here. Hmm, I, I was I was tech, I amming you on Skype yesterday about this. Yes, yes. So this this will be an interesting story. Um, let's see. So I've had this mod so, challenge. Right, Iron
0: Fist challenge by Kelsis.
3: Yes, that's that's true. Iron uh, Kelsis is K E L C E S. This is on the uh, Oblivion Nexus. Um, if you want to download this, make sure you have the Oblivion Mod Manager. That's a free tool. Um, so here we go. I've had this mod challenge for about two weeks. Uh, actually, exactly two weeks. And that first weekend, I attempted to stream uh, with Lou. Um, that didn't go well. I got those issues sorted out finally. And then the, the description of the mod says to wander down to east of Anvil. And uh, there's a dude there that's going to start giving you this uh, this, this question that's uh, part of the, part of the mod. Here's where it gets interesting, uh, Mr. Brovarwin. Um, so Shank was happily traipsing down um, along the Gold Coast from the uh, – as the, as the Great Forest kind of opens up into this glorious, beautiful, grassy plain that is the Great Coast – or the Gold Coast. And uh, my game crashed. So I said, OK, this is interesting. What's going on? Checking my mod order. This is really like one of – really – this is the only mod that I have. So I was like, OK, what's going on? So I put my save files aside, reinstalled Skyrim, um, checked the mod, uh, re- reinstalled the mod, and I said, okay, let me try this again. So I came at uh, Anvil from a separate angle. My game froze. So at this point, I was like, okay, what the boss is going on? <laughs> so... <laughs> if I just burying his head in his hands. <laughs> so... Oh, I, uh... And I was like, okay, okay, let me try this one more time. Rebooted my system. Changed the order of the mod to uh, you know show up somewhere else in my load order. I was like, okay, let me try this. I loaded a different save. Maybe my save was corrupt, right? You got to troubleshoot. Right. I walked to Anvil uh, from a uh, – to a town just outside Anvil and I tried to, to actually travel, like literally fast travel my character to a spot near where the mod was saying, you got to meet this guy. And my game froze. So, I don't know what happened. <laughs> This mod clearly doesn't like my game. Crashed the hell out of your game. Uh, I tried three separate times. So well, if you guys are looking for an actual review, I apologize. My it just did not play nice at all. Maybe maybe
0: that's the iron fist challenge, Shank. Maybe I know. <laughs>
3: can you get can you get this to work? This is the Iron Fist if challenge. If you can get it to work,
0: you're made of iron. <laughs>
2: Or maybe it was because it was running in oblivion.
3: Oh, dig. Shut up, Dave. So, um. Dave, <laughs> dig, dig, dig. The. This by no means means that. The, this, this doesn't mean that this is a bad mod. It's literally like I could not run it. You just couldn't play it. I literally couldn't play it. And so. <laughs> if you guys want to play it. This actually sounds like a, a pretty sweet. It it it, it sounds almost like a a a a, a a a a spinoff of the arena in 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 this imperial city where it's just like combat kind of stuff. When and I like the arena, so if you guys want it and you like Oblivion, shut up, Dave. Um, go to the Oblivion Nexus, search for Iron Fist Challenge by Kelsis K E L C E S. Install it with the Oblivion Mon Manager and tweet me if it works for you. Because I wanna know how it actually is. <laughs> so that that's that's my uh, interesting story that I promised you of our run yesterday. <laughs> there you go. I was so interested. Uh I was I was interested.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we got a we got a couple of emails and of course Lou's lore segment, the Elder Scroll. I'm very, very interested in these, but I wanna I wanna jump into these emails first and then uh and then we'll we'll uh start to end our show with the Elder Scrolls. So this first one uh comes from mboykj Boy K J fifteen. And uh <laughs> Dave, please please regale us with what mboykj Boy uh KJ fifteen says.
2: mboykj boy KJ fifteen says Lords of the awesome and nerdy. Oh yeah. Okay. Lords of the Ultimate awesome Nerdy, I have been a diehard EES 5 Skyrim fan since Thanksgiving 2011, when I was introduced to it by my cousins and have pursued it ever since. And now that I know that ESO is going to be on Mac, I can play it myself, though it will be my first MMO game. I've also been listening to your cool and hilarious podcast for a little bit. And have some questions of my own. First of all, what will happen when you die in the game? Will you have to start over or will you just revert to your last save? Second, what is happening around you during a fight while you are charging up equipped items slash inventory? Or does the game force you to have to do it all before beginning any fights? and third what are the difficulties responsibilities and dangers of being the emperor and what are the perks
0: lots of questions
2: lots and lots of questions
0: uh let's start with the first uh the first one he says first of all what will happen when you die in the game so so basically what happens is when you die in the game, you have the choice to uh, res on the spot if you have a filled soul gem. Or if you're hanging out with a bro like like Shank
1: right there. Shank's a bro. Uh, no, not, Shank will be running away. Shank's not a bro. Even Shank's though he's got the soul gems there. filled, he'll run away. I'm not gonna res you, I'm gonna fine.
0: your friend can can res you himself or herself with their filled soul gem. Uh, if none of the above apply, then there are
2: certain areas in the game that you can res to. Hang, hang on, Varwin. Yes. I don't think this is being explained right, and I'm not going to be cocky about this one. I okay. actually want to give the real answer. Go for it. This is not a single-player game. It right. is a persistent world. If you die, you die. The whole world's still spinning. It's like, you know, just because you're having lunch doesn't mean everybody else in the world has to have lunch. This is... What happens to you currently at that time does not affect anyone else currently in the game directly. So just because you die, you get options. You get the chance to either revive, as Avarwin said, or have someone revive you. But that does not stop the game. You do not revert to any save because there is no saves. You're constantly saving. You. you it's not a single player game like that. It's a persistent world. So when you have to think about that, you have to think if you're playing around your inventory, the world's not stopping. If you're dead laying on the ground, the world's not stopping just because, you know, something happens. It does. You're, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. Right. A lot of people, only deal with stuff that, you know, there's a reason why there's guards in town. It's to stop enemies, monsters, whatever, whatever have you from walking in the town and attacking you while you're playing with your inventory or or at a shop, buying, selling, what have you, auction auctioning whatever. It, you know, this is it's a persistent world. So you gotta keep that in mind. It's a very different play style once you get into it. You know, it's not that you don't have the ability to stop mid-fight and say, "Hey, I gotta look through my gear for these fifteen different baked goods that I stole from this house." Right, and you know, like yeah. you can in Skyrim, like yeah it's, skyrim you could stop the world and eat a truckload of vegetables
0: right he's got <laughs> <laughs> what you got to understand is that when you when you die you have the ability to res yourself and then when just because you you die doesn't necessarily mean the entire world shuts down it's it's a persistent world like they was saying so
2: exactly
0: uh so, next go, no uh go ahead dave um uh, moving on yeah we uh, let's see Will you have to start over or will you just revert uh, to your last yeah. save? Hey, we answered that second. What is happening around you during a fight while you're changing up equipped items and inventory? You know, what's happening the exactly fight. what's going on, the fight's <laughs> going on and you have a one button uh, swap and that's boom. There you're, you, you got it. your next thing. going.
2: Uh, does the game force you to, to have to do it all before the fight begins? Not necessarily, but if you got somebody rushing at you, and you need to swap weapons, you better do it quick. <laughs> uh, what What are the difficulties, responsibilities, and dangers
0: of being the Emperor? This, oh I I, have, I couldn't tell you. know that yet? No, I, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you that it, it is a PvP thing. Uh, you do get a skill line. That is one of the perks. Zoss announced that. You get a skill line when you become the Emperor. Uh, you become <laughs> extremely powerful when you are the Emperor in PvP. Uh, that's all I know so far. You'll probably get like an in-game achievement.
1: That's it. <laughs> Don't have a, an apprentice who may throw you over the edge, you know, into the you know, reactor. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, we got two more emails, and then we want to we want to talk uh, very quickly about some some articles that that Shank and I had had thrown out this week on Elder Scrolls off the record. But first, from Robbie C. He says, hey, I just had a question that you guys might be able to answer. What exactly does it mean when everyone is leveled up to 50 once they enter Cyrodiil? Will weapons and armor get better stats? Will higher level people have an edge in combat? Love the show. You guys do some great work. Keep it up, Robbie C. So, Rob, here's here's basically what happens. You're 50, right? You have uh, a, a lot higher head points a lot higher resources for your character altogether you know magicka stamina health uh than someone who is not 50 and your skill lines that you have have specced into are much more realized fully fleshed out uh much more fleshed out than than say someone else who is far lower level than you Now, what happens is when you can join PvP at level 10, basically what it does is it levels you up. So if you're level 10 and you go into PvP, it will level you up to 50, but you will not have the varied array of choices regarding combat that someone who is level 50 will because they've spent that time between 10 to 50 choosing skill points for their build and you're only level 10, so you've only got a limited range of of skills. That said, they're building the game, making sure that when you fight a level fifty, uh, you you still have good choices in PvP in order to actually win against them. So uh let's see. Lou, please go to the next one from John M.
1: Okay, next email from John M. He writes in greetings, ESR TR crew. Hello, John. So you think that there will be a role for PvE-centric players or guilds in the world economy if the economic engine of the game, as explained so far, centers around PvP-geared serial content? Thanks, John M.
0: What do you think, Lou? Mm-hmm.
1: I think there's always a role for all types of guilds uh, in the game. You know, It all depends upon what you want to focus on. And again, as we've mentioned before today and in the past episodes, that Zoss is doing their very best to make the game fun for everyone, Um, especially for those types of uh, focus guilds. So yeah, there's going to be a place. There will be a way for you to make uh, money if you are going to focus on a PvE guild. I mean, god, I I looked at Shank. I think Shank can make a PvE or PvP-focused guild make money. Well, it'd be legal, different story, but yes, he can make money. <laughs> no, 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 no. It'd be legal, ethical, eh.
3: So, you know.
1: So, he'd be bending the laws, folks. He won't be breaking them. He'll just be bending them. <laughs> or skirting around them.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> you are the dirtiest sort of person. <laughs> All
0: right, um, so so thanks thanks uh, to you uh, to you guys out there who who have emailed us. Uh, who's who's watching the chat room? What's what's some of our uh, our, our chatters saying today?
2: Um, uh, like half of them are going crazy because of how sexy I am. But other than that, that's that's
0: that's a lie. Um, yeah, it's okay, really so not true. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not.
3: I, I actually <laughs> I, I posed the question, uh, Varwin, uh, for how many people in the chat will ESO be the first MMO? And there's actually quite a decent number of people that are saying yes it'll be my first mmo but there's also a mix of people saying no no like i've played like for example everquest um and i've played some other mmos here so it's we're it looks pretty balanced which is kind of good i i like that i i like seeing that i i was i was honestly i was just curious so i just figured i'd throw the question out there okay
0: um so so uh let's let's get into this real quick because we are we're getting pretty long at this point and uh hopefully we're still entertaining um we, we, do, we do hope so, but at the same time, we, we want to be informative as well, and, and we, yep. do, we do quite a bit. So, so Shank and I, uh, this week, we uh, grabbed up our pens and, and began penning some, some uh, thoughts about what ESO absolutely must do to succeed with. And I picked the MMO fans, and Shank picked Elder Scrolls Purists. So Shank, what I want to do is that we got quite a bit here on on these dueling articles that, that cover both uh, both main perspectives regarding regarding Elder Scrolls Online and how people view it and how they, they view the game should be built. Uh, you can get these obviously on on Elder Scrolls Off The um, The article I wrote again is called uh, "What ESO Absolutely Must Do to Succeed with MMO Fans." And uh, in this particular one, I outlined seven things that I believe, my, me personally, I believe, and you can tell me I'm wrong, of course, um, with, with some of these things. But the the first thing I said was expand your business model. Um, and sort of in my, my snarky way, I wrote this to ZeniMax online saying, you know, for the love of sweet baby Talos, include something other than a subscription. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it is, is that, you know, not a lot of people... Um, a lot of people I should say are saying they don't have fifteen dollars a month, and we've we've been vocal about that on the show, saying that you know especially you know Lou and I have been vocal saying we don't really accept that, but there are people out there that that do want other ways of of getting into the game other mm-hmm. than just a subscription and I'm not saying free to play is the best way. I was completely wrong when I said free to play was the best way, and I wanted to admit that, but certainly um other options would would be good to uh to get into to get into this game uh number two and i, I expand on that as well in the article so if you want to check it out it's it's there uh number two talk about the end game you know when it comes to the end game in elder scrolls online we know a few things you know level cap is at is at 50 uh, we learned about veteran points there's at least 150 hours of play time uh if you play very quickly you know for for the different factions uh, but I think a lot of people need to know that uh, their MMO consumers really feel that the game is going to start at level fifty in ESO, and I'm not too sure if, if uh, you know their marketing is is really saying this is what happens at fifty and and what else. We need more information. I think Zos needs to sort of take these people by the hand, hold it, walk them through what happens to your character. Once you hit level 50 and the end game or what the beginning of the game really actually happens. So I I would like to see more information. They need to talk more about Elder Scrolls Online at the end game. Uh, Number three, explain the mega server and social networks. I know it's like a small thing probably at this point. But we don't know a whole lot about why this is an advantage. And I think it it would behoove them to say... The mega server is an advantage for a lot of reasons, and, and here is why. And I, I think it would help sell the game, too, to be honest. There's a lot of competition out there, and if you have something that's really, truly a an advantage, you should talk about it, even if it is a bit technical. Uh, number four, outline how and why crafting will be supported in the game. We know crafting is is, uh is is gonna be in the game and we know they're they're doing different things with it. We had Paul Sage on the show about a month or so ago. He spoke a little bit about it. But um, I don't think they've said enough times, you know, why crafting is is going to be uh you know how how it's going to be the the things the items that you craft at at the end game are going to, to be viable. Uh, especially regarding you know rewards through through large player PVE content, which is also known as as rating uh, in other games and a lot of other games, rating and when you get items in rating, it usually trumps any kind of crafted gear. People who craft and they do it you know hardcore, they want to know that the items that they make are going to uh, still be desired amongst amongst the end level uh, individuals. I think this needs to be outlined a bit as well. Uh, Call it raiding. Look, I'm sick and tired of having to say end game, large scale PVE content. I know they want to get away from raiding because, you know, 20 people fighting one giant boss is not heroic to them. And I get that. That's cool. But the fact is, is that (laughs) we don't have any idea of, of what they're planning. And if they're not talking about what it is that they're planning, then... Maybe you should call it rating, so we have an idea of of what this is. It's just i guess my overall point on that is it's it's too um it, it, it it's 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 not substantial enough to really understand where they're going with it just yet. so I, I would like to see more information on that large large scale p v e content toward the end toward the end game. um, build on guild knowledge. We got a lot of information about guilds that that came out. Um, I think there's a lot of people that that are guild leaders that, are, that saw that information and they said, you know what, that's not enough for me. And they moved on to Wildstar. I, I'm sorry, there it is, I said it. But uh, when it comes to guilds and the social aspect of this game, they're either not saying enough or they're saying the wrong things because people who are interested in guilds are moving on to the competition. I really think they need to understand why that is. And uh I, I had said, de-emphasize on PvP. Look, we know PvP is in the game. We know it's going to be epic and amazing and awesome. But we want to hear other stuff. And I think all of the above that I mentioned would be fantastic ways. Especially the the uh, large scale PVE content that happens at the at the end game is a great way to start this conversation of what can you do at the end of the game other than PvP? Because right now on the internet. Most people say all there is to do at the end of Elder Scrolls Online is PvP and that's it. And you know what? That's not true. From all prove the marketing it. messages, <laughs> from all the marketing <laughs> messages they are coming out and <laughs> no saying... No
2: offense, but prove it. As much as I, dude, I am so excited for this game but what coverage have they given about in-game that we know that's anything about
0: other that than isn't the, PvP? That's why I'm saying they need to de-emphasize I, PvP I, I at this point. That. Stop talking about pvp quite so much as being part of the end game and let's start talking about other stuff this way we know that there we we can lean our backs against the idea that there is actually other stuff to do at the end game other than pvp not that they need to stop the conversation but i think they need to just move away from it a little bit and start giving us a bit more okay so shank uh go ahead what what about your article
3: this was uh, this is what I thought was really curious and interesting. Uh, both Avarwin and I said de-emphasize on PvP, but for different reasons. Um, I, I think that's pretty interesting, I, I By the way, I loved your article when I read it. You made some pretty good points that I honestly hadn't thought of because I don't play MMOs. <laughs> so, oh, thank you very much. No, um, yeah, no problem. Um, so I said, as well as Avarwin, de emphasis on PvP. But I came in at it from the approach that, um, look – Yes, these, this is an MMO. Yes, there there's social aspects are a part. It is ingrained into what an MMO is. Um, but I came at it from saying, but it has to remember this is Elder Scrolls. It should never – the game should never force PVP on the player. It should never force grouping on the player. So like at no point in the game should a player be – forced or pressured into uh by the game to to think oh man like i i should go into pvp because you know it's kind of pointing me to this way or man i i really should you know group up with people because it's it's kind of telling me to do so so that choice should be up to the player um it, there should be no like force uh any pvp sort of thing being forced upon the player um the other things that i spoke about uh just four other points uh sounds like elder scrolls this sounds trivial uh but if you pick up any Elder Scrolls, uh, Pierce off of the street and you play them any track, any musical selection from any of these games, uh, all the way back to Arena, I guarantee you he would be able to say, ah, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, you, that's from this game. And, you know, where you usually hear this track is, uh, like, you know, when you're walking around the dungeons or even like the Dwarven Ruins or something. So. It's got to have that same DNA with the sound kind of flowing through the the current iteration of Elder Scrolls games into Elder Scrolls Online, as well as uh, the the nature sounds. Like what a person in Skyrim, without even turning behind them to look, will immediately distinguish between a wolf and a fox. Um, that kind of that kind of uh, sound uh, consistency should be translated. Uh, that, that's kind of a fairly obvious one. Lore. This is another obvious one. I don't really think I have too much to say on this except for it's got to be respectful of the lore. And, you know, stuff we have heard from Lauren Schick, the lore master on ice up at uh, Zenimax. Um, he's, I mean, Lou, Lou as well because he's he's a huge lore buff. Like, at least to me, it sounds like they're, they're right on track and they're doing a really, really good job of being very respectful to the lore. Not much else to say. Endless Exploration and Sprawl. Um, this might sound like it's my own bias here, but... Even if you're just a person that quest tops, you cannot deny the pull of, that the world has on you saying like, look, like this is the world I've laid at your feet. Like I know you're probably just going to go fast travel to the quest but like, look, you can actually walk all the way to that mountain and summit it, turn around and see where you started from. So that 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 sense of adventure must be there. Uh, there must be, There must always be that pull from the game saying, look, you can see all this way. And you can walk all you can see. Um, that's one of the reasons I couldn't play Morrowind was because of the fog. Uh, so if, if it's got that down, that's great. Um, finally, and this is the one thing that I will take the most flack from, and I am prepared to do it. Um, but I got to be honest. Um, one of the main staples of the single-player games, because, yes, they're single-player games, is that uh, the game makes you feel like you are the hero. Um How do you translate this to an MMO? It's a very difficult thing to convey. Um, And I'm not by no means am I saying that, no, 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 no. You, as in Shank, Shank should be the only person that is able to defeat this enemy and nobody else at the the expense of other players. No, I I don't mean that at all. What I mean is that, can the game make you feel unique? Can the game make you feel like you are literally the, the crucial piece to solving this uh, crisis. Um, one of the things that would jar me would be, you know, you're, you see a bunch of other players lining up to an NPC to just talk to them. That would take me out of the experience a little bit. Yes, it's an MMO. I'm getting, willing to make concessions. But I think that line of making you feel like you're unique, even though, yes, there are thousands of players, if they can make you feel that way, that goes a long, long way um, to winning over um, Elder Scrolls Purist. So let us know what you think. Those are our articles. Um, I had a blast writing them of Arwin, I had a blast reading yours. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so, I, I enjoyed yours. And and please be aware, guys. Okay, This is just our opinions. We're not saying to to ZeniMax that this... Even though it's titled, you know, they must do these things, we're not actually saying that or we well, don't actually believe that. I'm sure there's there's more than one way to skin a cat here, skin a Khajiit. You know, I'm sure... The game is going to be absolutely fantastic. I have no doubt about that. But uh, these are some of the opinions that we happen to have and um, we feel like sharing them because we are, you know, hard, hardcore fans. All right, guys. Wow. (laughs) That's a fat episode, guys, Uh, and we're not done yet. We've got one little bit left and it's the most important bit. It is the Elder Scroll lose lore segment, Lore Master on Ice. I give it to you.
1: Thank you very much, kind sir. And today's Elder Scroll, very nice tie-in, folks. Uh, I, I had no clue. In keeping with the undead theme, today's lore scroll will be about vampires, undead feasting on the blood of the living. This is part one. And you thought mosquitoes were bad. Anyway, what are the vampires? Well, vampires are the preternatural beings, commonly believed to be a reanimated corpse which consumes the blood of sleeping persons at night, thralls, at any and any or other victims. The vampires, Tamriel, yes, they are in debt. They are diseased persons who are hated, hunted, and misunderstood by the living. I wonder why. Whether they consider themselves cursed or blessed or whether they have given into their animalistic instincts or have sought to rid the world of the disease, vampires are nonetheless considered abominations. Though it's possible for a vampire to find a cure, knowledge of how to do so has been suppressed in many places due to the fear that it would encourage people to deliberately infect themselves. A vampire is one of the most powerful and feared of all undead. While they are typically fast, incredibly fast, They can be gifted mages and are naturally strong. Fear of vampires is abnormally great due to their ability to infect others, a fate often described as worse than death. Distrust and chaos can potentially bring down entire settlements should just one vampire infiltrate the populace. Vampires spread by giving mortals the disease Porphyra chemophilia or Sanguinaire vampiris. Vampires tend to be organized into many different clans. In fact, there are over a hundred distinct kinds of vampire in Tamriel. Vampires look distinctly different from unaffected persons. Their faces, which cover their fangs, are unusually pale, and the eyes of some breeds of hungry vampires turn blood red until their thirst is sated. Vampires are unable to age and immune to disease. While not impervious to death, a vampire may be killed only by meeting a violent end. Ancients are the oldest vampires, they may be hundreds or even thousands of years old. A vampire's skin is extremely susceptible to sunlight and flame, so much so that contact with it burns the skin. When they die, their dust can be collected and used as an alchemical ingredient. Documents describe vampires being turned to dust even without being slain by flame. Rumors hold that entering places of worship may cause a vampire pain. Exact abilities are determined by the type of vampire. The most defining characteristic of vampires is their are natural, insatiable need for blood. A hybridization of a plant in vampiric blood led to plants with a similar voracious hunger for blood, among other things. Blood may not be needed to stay alive, but doing without it can cause a vampire to become extremely weak and rabid. Though some type of vampires will instead become stronger and more vampiric, but will still become rapid after too long without blood. Consuming blood also allows some to maintain a more inconspicuous appearance, dulling their vampiric qualities. If a vampire's bite leaves its victim alive after a feeding, the disease can affect the victim. Blood itself may not be needed to keep a vampire healthy. It is suggested that vampires are able to drain a warm-blooded creature's life force to replenish their own. The Aposculus Lame Baltimizamorti tells of how the vampire race came about, owing its creation to the deity prince Moloch Bal. The tale goes that Moloch Bal disliked Arche, an angel who showed great pride in his sphere, the cycle of life and death. So Moloch Bal travelled to Tamriel, still newly formed at the time, where he savagely raped the Nedic women oh I'm sorry, the Nedic woman Lame Belfag and departed Nern. Lame was found and nursed by nomads, but death eventually overtook her. On the night of her cremation, she rose again and killed the nomads. Wreaking havoc across Tamriel, the undead she created became vampires. Lame became the first vampire, but she may not be responsible for all the different bloodlines. The Volkahar, for example, descends from Lord Harkon and his family, who were given their vampirism directly from Olig Ball. This may imply that the reason that there are different types of vampires is because each bloodline is descended from a mortal given the disease from a Daedric Prince, and each time immortal is turned in such a manner, they are given a unique strain of vampirism, thus becoming a bloodline. This account has variations in Temple Doctrine. Like Molag Ball spawned in the first vampire from the defeated foe, such as a Daedric Lord, a Temple Saint, or a powerful beast creature. The association of vampirism with Moloch Ball may be one reason the Mace of Moloch Ball, which allows the bearer to absorb an enemy's magica, is also called the Vampire's Mace. Of course, anything which absorbs power from a victim is often associated with Vampires, such as the Strength Sapping Vampiric Cloud Spell, the Ebony Blade, also called a Vampire, and the Vampiric Ring. Vampires belonging to a bloodline will share some characteristics such as enhanced physical attributes and some powers but may have some unique to the bloodline. Also, it seems bloodlines thin with each new vampire. This is shown to be a trait of the Volkhar, with the early and much pure-blooded generations being able to become monstrous vampire lords, a humanoid bat-like creature of considerable power, and later generations being much weaker and lacking the ability to transform. This may only be Volkhar, however, and not other bloodlines. And this concludes Part 1 for this week's Elder Scrolls and Vampires. Tune in next week for Part 2 while we continue our coverage on this undead creature. And I wish to say, as always, thanks to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls wiki, and the Imperial Library for all the information out there and vampirism. Please go visit all their sites. They have some amazing detailed information, all well organized, very well written. It's a great read. Please, if you enjoy it, take a look.
0: Oh, well, thanks again, Lou. That was uh, another phenomenal, another phenomenal segment. And uh, I was looking forward to the vampire one, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Very cool. Uh, that brings us to the bottom of this show, which has definitely been uh, a huge, a huge, huge, huge episode. Uh, we're over two hours right now, unedited. You
2: lie. Yeah, Don't no, I'm, that. I'm yeah. dead serious. I'm like- well, we. We missed a week, so it's gonna be longer.
0: It's gonna be longer. It actually—that is part of it. Um, we had we had quite a bit in this in this episode as a result. Uh, gentlemen, you were fantastic as always. Uh, Dave, Lou, Shank—you guys are unbelievable. Thank you so much for lending your ideas, your opinions, uh, your expertise. Uh, but now I need you to lend your thoughts. And Dave, go ahead.
2: Oh damn, dude! I'm just, I'm excited. I know. Did I build it. that up too much
0: for it? Oh damn! It... <laughs> right.
2: I'm just, I'm just excited to get news on something other than PvP for once. With the, them talking about the uh, werewolf, man, that is so cool. Getting, actually, the the art for it in the the notes has just got me giddy. Oh yeah. Looking at these Balverines, man. Yes. The shake brought that Balverines. up earlier. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it's Balverines. Let me, Dude, let me go ahead and cycle. get
0: this up there. Look at that. That's, that's, that is so cool. It's pretty legit. So cool. I like that. All right, let me get that out of here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Lou, your final thoughts, please.
1: Well, oh, the one thing I will say about the PvP information they gave out this week is I do, I love the fact that they mentioned the forward camps All right, as a siege weapon, as a possibility for enhancing the style and tactics for PvP. And the fact, the information they gave out on the werewolves. I mean, people have been asking for the longest time you know, from even before what Pax East, people were asking them about, hey, what about the werewolves? What about the vampires? You know, we've seen them all in test games before. Are we going to see them in ESO? And I'm really happy they gave us that bit of information on it. And I think it's just, you know, it's like it's just whetting the appetite of other players. Like, you know, what they did this on, on werewolves. What about the vampires? What else are they going to give us? And, and I, I like that they're, they're giving the us out now. What's that? They're going to give us shields, Dave said. Yes, they're going to give shields. So. Yes. Well, well, how do I use a shield? Can, can, can I block with the shield? It,
2: it's really exciting to hear that they're going to be shields in the game.
0: Oh. I know that excites you, Dave. But uh, <laughs> shit, watch my awesome segue. <laughs> totally awesome, guys. Shank, what excites you? Your final thoughts? You like that, right? Those expert.
3: Good lord. Okay. Um... <laughs>
4: Things just keep getting better. <laughs>
3: Um, let's see. I'm 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 genuinely glad to see uh more a, a less emphasis on PvP, I should say, in their in their questions, uh their variety pack I should say this this week. Um I, I really like how they focused a lot on the, the, the character creation aspect because that is for a lot of people that's a very, very, very personal aspect of, of the of really any RPG that you might play. So I'm very happy they talked about that. Um, I am looking forward. Let's see. I, I'm just looking forward to hearing more on, honestly, how these will play on the consoles. Uh, we we haven't heard too much about those. Um, so I'm interested to, especially the control schemes on the Xbox One and the DualShock Four. I wonder how they're going to. They're probably going to
2: tie that to the controller.
3: Well, yes, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> the geniuses (laughs) that i work with (laughs) someone who
2: wrote in that shield question
0: (laughs) ouch ouch (laughs) all right guys and here it is the bottom of the show but because it's the bottom of the show it's top of the qgn community segment If you just joined us for this episode, or if you've been with us from episode one of Skyrim Off the Record, you, 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 you are a part of our community. And for that, we thank you and we want you to know all of the awesome ways that you can get in touch with us. And it all starts, all starts right here at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, you can access all of the different things that we have up here, including incredible opinion related articles, news articles as well, and of course, our podcast. We have our episode list, specials, and certain things from the host as well, right there on our website. Uh, you can also get to uh, all of the different ways that you can hear us. You can find our Facebook, our Twitter, uh, Quest Gaming Networks YouTube, iTunes, Twitter, excuse me, st- <laughs> Twitch actually. Uh, how to follow us on on TuneIn Radio app, Stitcher Radio app, our RSS feed as well, and how to email us all right here on Elder Scrolls Off The Record dot com on our sidebar. You can see it right here on the video feed. And l- ladies and gentlemen, we we do this for free, but we work off your donations as well. Please, it would be wonderful. If you could just click on the donation button utilizing PayPal and send a donation to Off the Record Podcasts LLC, just uh go to Elder Scrolls Off the Record dot com or even Quest Gaming com and click on the make a donation button and we would appreciate anything you could spare. Uh this again was uh, was brought to you by tweaked com. Off the record, all one word, uh thirty percent off for headphones, great headphones quality quality stuff there you have it um this is part of the quest gaming network and stay connected to all the latest and greatest that we've got uh, as far as uh news is concerned from elder scrolls off the record uh excuse me uh from quest gaming network and you can you can uh portal out to all of our our different uh podcasts and news articles from there as well Please follow our other shows like Rift Off The Record Live, which records Sundays at 7 p.m. And Dungeon Quest! The uh, The next episode of Dungeon Quest, guys, is supposed to air Monday, November 11th. I'm probably going to push it back to the 18th, to be honest. Uh, there's there's a couple of things going on in the network right now, and scheduling this particular episode might be a little difficult. i got to rewrite around certain things. So... That's unacceptable of Arwen. Yeah, it, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, it, I, I may or I may not. Uh, stay tuned to to our Twitter. I'll let you know uh, if we can swing or not. But uh, it's probably about 98% going to be moved to the 18th. Okay, so if you want to email the show, it's elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com. And again, I mentioned it earlier youtube.com forward slash Gaming network. This video, along with all of our live shows, all of our live streams, all of our let's play videos, like Dean does whatever Dean's freaking doing that week.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 actually, uh, I've been getting back into Skyrim instead of crap uh, oblivion. Oh, wait, sorry. wait, wait,
3: hold on, hold on. Check this out, ready? Oh. Guys, guys, check this out, ready? Dan does keeps getting better <laughs> Oh don't ever do that oh, again. Oh Lord
0: <laughs> All that is at youtube.com forward slash quest gaming network and we promise Shank doesn't sing, so you can it's safe, you can go there. <laughs> uh, watch for our nightly streams at twitch.tv forward slash quest gaming network and guys please please follow us on twitch.tv forward slash quest gaming network because when we do something and we do a give out or Uh, lend away or uh, give a lend away or when we give you something geez uh you have to follow our our twitch stream in order to, (laughs) to, to get a prize so i'm getting tired can you tell can't even talk um so yes if you follow us on that twitch stream you can earn a prize and uh and there there's how you there's how you get it so uh again facebook.com forward slash elder scrolls off the record follow us on twitter this show has a twitter you can follow us at elder scrolls otr i am avarwin and you can follow me at avarwin that's e-v-a-r-w-y-n lou is at Guy. 11 bgamerguy g-a-m-e-r-g-u-y-1-1-b Dave is at d D D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E Nice face Dave And Shank Shank is at Shank Tank S-H-A-N-K T-H-T-A-N-K Leave off that E For savings on Pumice stones And their ilk All other Tamrielic Hair care And beauty products how was that this week, Shank? How was that? No. <laughs> Good lord. He's still thinking about it. No.
1: <laughs> hey Lou. Over.
0: Hey Lou. What? What? What's his last line here? Elder Scrolls off the record is what?
1: It's a Quest Gaming Network production in association with our friends over at the Middle Earth Network.
0: Thanks again for the chat room for joining us today. You guys made our night that much better. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. Be safe. May the Foos
1: be with you. Good night, everyone. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Hope to see you all again next time.
2: Later, y'all. Foos Rhoda.
1: I really like Dave.
3: Foos roda!